This is How to Business and Show Business, where we talk about the business of show, the podcast that discusses ways to work smarter, not harder. If you're a performer at the beginning of your career or a student interested in going into the performing arts, this is the podcast for you. For more about the podcast, you can find our website at businessandshowbusiness.com. There you can learn more about the business of performing arts with coursework, videos with shop talk, and interviews with other professional performers. Now here's your host, Corbin. Hello, I'm your host, Corbin, and welcome back to How to Business in Show Business. Before we get started, go ahead and click that subscribe button so you can stay caught up anytime there's a new episode. Friends, thanks for joining me for another episode this week. I'm so excited to share this discussion and this week's guest, Stephanie Pope Lofgren. In this episode, we'll be talking about what it means to be a working actor and a proficient working actor at that. Stephanie is no stranger when it comes to that. She has a career that is enviable and timeless. She's done everything from film to television to theater. I mean, go on playbill.com, type in Stephanie Pope, and you will be astounded by how many roles comes up. She's done everything from Chicago to Pippin to Fosse to Kiss of the Spider Woman. The list goes on. Sweet Charity, Big Deal. I mean, what hasn't she done? And on this week's discussion of being a working actor, we talk about what it's like and what it means to have real work experience and how that applies to ethics. We talk about that waiting period in between when you're waiting for your next gig and or what you should be doing to make good on time that is yours to do with instead of waiting for someone else. Uh, we also talk about what it means to have continued education as a performer and how it never ends. And we also talk about the classroom structure as it pertains to your continued training. Just as a reminder, this episode, along with a few others, was recorded over the duration of last summer. So without further ado... Stephanie Pope Lofgren. Miss Stephanie Pope, how are you? I'm doing very well, all <laughs> things considered. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I normally start out with these two questions. Uh, what is a hobby and or interest that you have outside of show business? Oh, well, you know, it's so funny because I've had people ask me that and oftentimes they just sort of blend all together, you know, incorporating quote unquote show business. You, you know that I love to practice uh, yoga and teach yoga. I consider that a hobby. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, although it's body conditioning on many levels, but it also gives me time in my day to not have to think about all that one needs to think about uh, you know, when you're involved in, in, in the business of show. So, you know, so I think, I think, uh, practicing yoga is, is top on my list of things that I like to, the things I like to do, you know, and I'm, I'm very, um, you know, I, I'm a bit of a homebody and, um, I love spending time with my daughter, whether it is, you know, going to the mall or just having conversations, you know, mm. about life. Um, as you know, I like to have those conversations, Corbin. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, that it, it's very, it's very enjoyable for me. My, and my daughter's seventeen, and the fact that she still wants to have conversations with me, I cherish. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my parents said this. Uh, it was so funny. My parents said um, <clears throat> uh, to their peers, "Isn't it so nice that during this time, our children decided to come home and spend time with us in our elderly prime?" 
Isn't this so great that they want to be around us and love us? Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my second question, uh, during, during this pause in the world, I think we've all had a, a lot of one-on-one time with ourselves. So who is Stephanie Popelofgren now at this point in her life? That's interesting. Well, you know, who is Stephanie Pope Lofgren? Well, I think I think I will always be asking that question of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as artists, I think that's always the question. Um, uh, and I don't know if we'll ever have the answer, nor should we. I think we should always be exploring um, who we are, you know, uh, trying to always... Uh, reach towards, work towards um, that authentic self, right? That realized self, that's the journey, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's where the art comes from. Um, But I will say uh, uh, the part that I might uh, have a grasp on is uh, right now, you know, Stephanie Pope Lofgren is, is someone who's staying open to possibility, the idea of pivoting, of reinventing, of reimagining, and and embrace and embracing uh, uh, and finding what's positive in where we are within where we are right now. Here's a playback from the conversation that I had with Miss Pope. We got so into the conversation that I forgot to press record, so I went back in and restitched the intro. But without further ado, our conversation continues with Miss Stephanie Pope Lofgren. So to answer your earlier question, so as far as, you know, Broadway and all these extensions that are happening, I was talking with some friends of mine and I had realized that, you know, not all of us are coming back. That's number one. Some people have made alternate life choices, alternate decisions, AKA buying houses, uh, which is a commitment, uh, getting married and or finding job security elsewhere. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, some of us may come back to it later, or maybe some of us will Uh, plunk along until it is time to come back but if it's one thing that I've understood during this is that we are very resourceful one and it's that um you know we kind of roll with the punches because when there's not work which I want to talk to you about uh which is what this whole thing is about being a working actor when nothing is happening how do you keep yourself busy uh and busy with satisfaction and I'm just like dude Thank God we have a lifetime to focus about this because it just came at the, um, there's no wrong time, but it, it seems like right now in my life, it came in at the wrong time at the wrong place because my life was just starting, you know? Yes. So, um, yes. Listen, I can't, I can't even imagine what it must feel like for someone, for a young performer like yourself, um, for this to, to, you know, to come at a time in your life, as you say, as, as you're just getting started. Um, you know, it's interesting, uh, when people ask me how I'm doing, you know, I think because, you know, I've been around kind of for a while, you know, I, I, I have already experienced, um, the need to pivot, mm-hmm. you know, at, which is the, the phrase that we're using these days. And so it, this time has actually given me an opportunity to sort of pull things off the shelf that I had put on the shelf when I was busy working. Mm-hmm. So, um, but for, for a young performer, uh, you know, this kind of is right now and, and rightfully so 
all that you know or all that you have put your energy into and 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 i know for me when i was your age there was nothing to fall back on right this this was what i did this was my existence and i can't even imagine what it would feel like if that you know if that rug was pulled out from underneath my feet yeah so bravo to everyone who uh is taking the time to find alternate ways to uh, be creative, be productive, you know, because um, literally, you know, you cannot sit and wait for the phone to ring because we all know it, it, it won't be ringing anytime soon. Uh, don't call us, we'll call you. Well, they're calling, it's taking quite a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, which brings me to my next question. <clears throat> you know, so often uh, there's the phrase, I don't have time, I don't have time. Well, now that we have all this time, we have to make good on it, right? So, what are some things throughout your life, uh, throughout your career, that you've had to make good on when you've had the time, like say, such as now, when everyone's on a pause? Yeah, well, I, you know, I've taken the time. You know, I've always been um, fascinated by writing. Um, you know, even when I was in school, you know, um, and we'll talk about school, right? Because I, I, I graduated high school, but I didn't go to college. So that, that's a whole other conversation that we can have. Um, but I've always been fascinated by literature and, and, um, and have sort of fallen into uh, the, the craft of, of writing throughout my career whether it was, you know, as uh, simple and challenging as, say, the patter in my cabaret act, mm -hmm. or um, whatever it is, you know, crafting a bio, whatever, you know, whatever it is, I've always been fascinated by that art. And um, I've had several ideas throughout the years um, that I started, and as I said, just sort of put, put on the shelf, never really developed, um, because I had been blessed and have been blessed with working uh, a lot. And, um, and in my downtimes, such as now, um, I've often pulled those ideas off the shelf and started developing them. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm doing a lot of writing, developing, creating. Um, you know, I'm also at a time in my life where, you know, I don't have the same, I, I, I enjoy being on stage. I <laughs> passion that I had to be on stage at this point in my life. So the idea that I can use this time to, uh, put on another hat mm -hmm. of writer, producer, creator, developer. That's what I'm working on right now. So it, it's really an exciting time for me, I have to say. For the time when you were transitioning either between Broadway or film and TV, did you ever have a waiting period in your life that you felt um, lost and or hopeless? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about even what we were just talking about. And, um, you know, when I say something like, you know, it's a really great time for me right now, mm -hmm. that is not to negate the realities of what's going on in the world. Yeah. But I think that it's important that we all, especially as artists, you know, because we need that creative um, outlet. Uh, and it's easy to uh, just sort of stay on maybe social media or keep the news on all day and just get 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 inundated with things that are going to bog bog you down and 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 well, it's either going to inspire you right mm -hmm. to make a change to to, to make a difference or it's gonna put you in a place of hopelessness, right? I think it's important to, for all of us as artists to use what exists 
and create some kind of beauty or and change out of it. You know, we, we can't deny what's happening in the world, but what can we do to help change it and to give it some uh, uh, perspective, um, you know, um, so that we come out of it better, better human beings, mm -hmm. not just ourselves, but the people who we're creating for, the people who are affected by the things that we are creating. You have to use what exists as right. artists. I think you and I had this conversation way back when too much of this business when it is just you when it is just you and you have you don't have family responsibilities and or other obligations to pull you and it is just me 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 what was your first example of seeing someone using their creative circumstances in a solid work ethic like world what was it like what was it what, what was it like to have either a mentor or someone who you looked up to who showed you what it was like to use that creative circumstance of of whatever they might be going through either personally or in the world yeah you know the, what what comes to mind not so much uh well as far as work ethic and as far as how to approach this business um and staying relevant and viable and 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 hireable and all that mm -hmm. um you know, I, I, the person that comes to mind, honestly, is, is Gregory Hines. And I think we may have had this conversation, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it really came out of, we were rehearsing for Jelly's Last Jam um, down at 890 Broadway Studios. And um, we were on a break, uh, a 10 minute break. And I came out into the hallway and Gregory was being interviewed. And I, I, I honestly don't remember what the question was, but I do remember that the way he answered it, um, spun it, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. in, in a way that uh, he was able to um, speak on what he felt was important, you know. In many, you know, unlike politicians, but in a good way. <laughs> and um, and I remember, you know, say, you know, mentioning that to him. I said, you know, that was that that was amazing. You know, as, when I listened to you speak, and um, and somehow we got around to a conversation where he shared with me the importance of staying uh, flexible. You know, when when someone's not hiring you, I remember him saying, when someone's not hiring you as a dancer they should be able to hire you as a singer. When someone's not hiring you as a singer, they should be able to hire you as an actor. Um, staying versatile, um, you know, having multiple skills, but not, you know, to the extent where, you know, you, you, you master none of them, mm -hmm. right? But, but be good at more than one thing so mm -hmm. that, you know, if the dance world is not happening for you, you have other avenues still within the world of art, right, that, that, that you can travel down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's, that stayed with me and, and, as, and especially as, as performers of color, you know, um, and me, you know, a woman uh, in heels, 5'10 or more, black, you know, um, and all I ever wanted to be was in the chorus, but that wasn't going to happen for me, you know, all the time. Sometimes with people like Bob Fosse, who loved all that different variety, Right. you know, and, and, and was very inclusive, but, you know, I knew if, if, if that's what I wanted to do, uh, it probably wouldn't happen in the way that I envisioned it. So I have to work on these other skills so that I can stay hireable. 
speaking of Bob Fosse, and I know this is something that you and I have spoken on, what is something that he gave you advice, guidance, um, that, that stuck with you along the way in your journey of being a working actor? You know, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, yes, there, there are technical things that, that I remember him instilling in all of us who worked with him, you know, the, the, the power in stillness, Mm -hmm. you know, um, less is more, uh, you know, things like that, you know, giving 110%. But, you know, I have to say more than that, it, it wasn't so much in, in what he said to us, but just the level of commitment um, that he uh, insisted upon. And the fact that he, and, and you, you hear it all the time, and it's true, the fact that he treated all of us dancers um, as actors and called us actors. You know, he would say, come on actors, let's get to work. And that was to trigger that idea in our brains that um, what we were doing was more than just dance steps, mm. you know, and, and, the re- and putting that responsibility on us to bring meaning to every step, to bring meaning to everything that we were doing, you know, to, to, to almost analyze every single moment uh, in, in, in much the same way that an actor does. So that's something that I was, you know, that definitely was, uh, impressed upon me and has stayed with me, you know, even now mm-hmm. to this day. Well, I, I remember when we were doing Connecticut and we were, and we were, and we were working on some stuff and we, we, we again had shared this with me. And in, in a sense, it was when you were not, when you were, I don't want to say coaching me, but when we were going through steps and you maybe do it again and again and again, it's that continuing uh, education aspect that I felt like I really picked up on it. And I feel like this is what this is tying into. And I know this is something that you have told me before. What is your philosophy in continuing education as far as, again, being a working actor and continuing on with building a dance, an actor's technique? Excuse me. <laughs> well, I, you know, or, or performer's technique, mm-hmm. right? Because it, 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 it's, it's a holistic, it should be a holistic approach, you know, you as a whole human being. And I say, first and foremost, live your life. Like, don't give up being a, a normal, quote unquote, normal person uh, for your art. And because, you know, you can only bring to your art yourself. You, you, that's what you bring to your art, who you are. But if you've limited who you are, if you're only around dancers 24 7 right or only around a certain kind of person it it, that's very limiting so don't be afraid to still explore the world as a human being um and and then bring those experiences to your art to your craft to your dancing your singing your acting um it's so important then you know then to get even to narrow it down yes of course keep up uh, you know, your classes, whatever they may be, and, and, and broaden that scope as well. You know, study every form of dance, right? Study African, study ballet, study jazz, study modern, which is becoming a forgotten art. Uh, you know, Graham, you know, Limon, Horton techniques. 
um, you know, study flamenco, study tap, um, you know, study many styles of acting, you know, uh, yoga right now is very popular, you know, practice yoga, mm -hmm. um, you know, anything that enhances who you are as a human being is, is going to enhance who you are as an artist. On that note of, um, of class taking, because I know we have definitely talked about that before, being an, being an educator, being an instructor as you are, have you noticed that the class structure of, the, even, even class structure has changed? For instance, I remember there was a time where when you, go, when you would go to take class, you would have a really intense warm-up, if not stretching period, before you get to the combination. You would do across the floor before you got to the combination. It's seeming like some of that stuff is becoming less and less. And I get it, because it, now it's just getting right to the combo. It's just to film. Is the integrity of even the foundation of class, from your perspective as an educator, is that, has that changed drastically? Well, you know, it's funny, Corbin, because I never in a million years thought that I would ever be teaching any kind of a dance class. I never had a desire to do it. And full disclosure, and the, and the reason why was because once I started auditioning and started getting hired um, for shows, I oftentimes was one of a handful, if not the only person of color uh, in that cast. And, um, and I remember feeling like, because, you know, I'm born and raised in Harlem in, in New York. And um, if I were going to teach, you know, I would go to my community and teach. But I remember, I remember feeling this. And it's sad that I, I, I said, I don't want to teach, you know, a, a group of, you know, Black dancers. And then they go out in the world and only one of them in this room is going to get hired for a show. You know, I, I don't want to build up a dream that, that will be deferred. Mm -hmm. So um, I never had a desire to teach. Now, um, in my later years, you know, when I was given the opportunity, I teach for the Verdon Fosse Legacy LLC, period. You know, you know that I teach my yoga classes, mm -hmm. but uh, the only other dance class, and it really are, they are master classes, mm -hmm. um, uh, that's, that's what I teach. And, and because, you know, I have such a... a affinity for his choreography and, and who he was and, and, and what he gave to me. Um, you know, I feel, uh, you know, I, I owe a debt of gratitude and I want to give back, you know, because so many, you know, as we know, are, are taking or have taken his choreography and sort of claimed it or used it or bastardized it or, you know, and not even referencing the source. Mm -hmm. um, and so I know it was uh, Nicole Fossey's mission to have people who have actually worked with him or Gwen Verdon who have that integrity and knowledge to, to share it. Mm -hmm. um, and that is the only reason why um, that I that I teach at this time. So again, those are master classes. Those uh, and because we're we're teaching a, a catalog of of choreography, it's just we just want you to be warmed up. We'll do a little bit of warm up that usually incorporates you know his style to get mm -hmm. the body warmed up. So this is sort of a different situation than than your re quote unquote regular class. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, to your question and. Absolutely, it's essential that part of your class be the warm-up. I mean, that's where you're building the technique to be able to do the choreography that's being taught towards the end of the class. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I can't imagine, you know, I studied at the Dance Theater of Harlem, um, I had a scholarship at the Alvin Ailey School, and between all that, I studied at 
pretty much every uh, New York dance studio uh, it, it, that there was, you know, Frank Hatchett, Broadway Dance Center, Steps, uh, Perry Dance, everywhere. And um, yeah, at, I can't, I cannot imagine uh, having classes where they immediately just jump into uh, choreography. It's where you build your foundation, your technique in, in the warm up. And I feel like I have to clarify this just in case, because I know someone's probably going to come for me when I say <laughs> when I say that that we jump right to choreography. It's not that we're forsake. It's not that they're forsaking warm up altogether. But warm up is only fifteen minutes. It's not an in depth. And I get it because class structure has been limited to an hour, if not an hour and a half. So you're fraught between getting right to the combo and doing a warm up, and then doing a bit of a cardio. It's just there's no laid out time anywhere where you have that 30 minutes for warm up. Then you have your across the floor, which is an additional 15 and 20. And then you do your, uh, then you do, it's just, it's changed so much. Yeah, yes. And, and again, it's, you know, it, it, a, a lot has changed, you know, but, you know, no different than, um, I can't imagine going to a ballet class and only having a 15 minute bar. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, yeah. and the warm up is the bar, you know, whether yeah. it's a modern tap, jazz, whatever it is, that, that's, that's where you're building it, yeah. you know? What would mature you, who's lived life, had these experiences, say to younger you at the beginning of your career or beginning of life? Okay, well, you know, um, I was very shy and, and, and believe it or not, I sort of still am, and a lot of people can't believe that, but, um, you know, even in this time that we're living in, like being indoors for me is perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, I love ways. it. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, I remember even my dad, you know, when I had, you know, started experiencing, you know, a bit of success on Broadway, you know, he, he would often say, you know, I'm just so shocked at what you've been able to accomplish because he said, you know, you were even afraid to get out of the car at times, you know, you were so shy. Um, but I think with that shyness, it kept me from valuing relationships and understanding that the people that you're working with, the people that you're studying with will be with you in some form or fashion for years and years and years. And you don't know how, you don't know when. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, don't be afraid to build those relationships. Some people call it networking and that has sort of a yucky connotation. But, you know, but it really is about building relationships. You know, everything we do in the arts is collaborative. You, you can't create it. You know, you can maybe start out in, 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 a, in a bubble, but at some point it has to be collaborative. You have to work with other people. You have to have relationships. And, you know, what I would say now to my younger self is don't be afraid to start forming those relationships now. You just tapped on something that I think is so key. I think a lot of us in show business are introverts who mask a rate around as extroverts for the sake of the job. Mm. Uh, because I, there's not times where I want to get up in front of a crowd and do a speech or sing or dance or whatever, but I enjoy the thrill once it's said and done. And then I want to go back to my hole and then leave me alone. I'll be fine, you guys. Yeah. Um, but I think, that's, I think that's true about a lot of us. Uh, normally I ask, uh, what do the next 10 years, but what does the next stage of your life uh, look like for you in your career? If I had a magic wand where resources and finances weren't a problem and I could go boop, what would be some things or are that you are aspiring to do 
what does the next stage of your career or life look like for you? Yeah, and you can say 10 years, that's okay. I, I got 10 years in. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, I'd like to continue in the path that I'm on right now. Um, I'd love to do, you know, more television and film in front of the camera. Um, but I would also really love to continue on this path of writing, you know, developing, creating, writing, and producing. Mm -hmm. You know, not only my work, but I would love to be in a position to uh, produce, you know, other performers, you know, particularly performers of color, get their voices heard, you know, get their work done. Um, I would love to see myself 10 years from now or, or later in my career in that position with those resources uh, mm -hmm. to be able to make things like that happen. And then last question of the closing, where can the people find you on social media? Oh man, see now, <laughs> listen, you can find me on social media, but do I know my hashtags and my this and that? No, but I am on Facebook and you know my name is Stephanie Pope. I also go by La Pope, L-A-P-O-P-E. Mm -hmm. um, so you can find me even with those <laughs> two names on uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, I think that's it. You know, so, you know what's so funny? I, I asked Ed, Ed Watts the same question. And he goes, I'm a presence, but I'm not a consistent presence, you guys. You'll get a hoop and a holler from my Twitter. You'll get a hoop and a holler maybe from my Instagram, but I'm there. Oh, right. my gosh. Exactly, exactly. But I will say this, you know, just really quickly, you know, speaking about social media and, you know, and, and us of a certain age, we're kind of like, oh, my goodness. But... You know, um, I'm also a proponent proponent of staying relevant, and I know people get very upset. And I think even we've had that, we've had this conversation, Corben, about you know how casting people now or asking you you know how many followers you have. But listen, yes, whatever we may think about it, if if this is the way the industry is going, you have to sort of be open to uh, understanding that and saying, okay, listen. I now have a, a voiceover uh, studio in, in my home. Why? Because we're home now mm -hmm. and I still want to work. And what mm -hmm. is and one avenue that I can pursue are voiceovers. It's something I've always thought about. I've done a couple, but now I actually have my own home studio so that my agents can now call me with auditions for voiceovers. I mean, you know, you just have to. Yes, there's a learning curve. Yes, oh my God. Even the th even with, with Zoom, you know, there are all these performances and things happening on zoom and is it a pain in the neck to to, to kind of learn how to okay what sound do i need how do i do this okay i gotta unmute i just you know we even had a little bit of it before we started this this yeah. interview you know it is what it is i hate mm -hmm. to use that phrase yeah but you, and you you have to you can decide for yourself how much of it you're going to um you know incorporate into your career and your life and how much you're not but um but you can't deny that things change and and how sort of have to make those adjustments, you know, mm. not losing your sense of self, not losing your integrity, you know, um, to make those changes. Yeah, I totally hear you. Thank you so much for this. I found this to be very insightful. And I think you also said this to me a while back. Um, if you want to 
master your business, you need to know your business in whatever avenue that might be in terms of educating yourself. Because as you've just said, or as you have told me many times, there'll be time when theater's not happening. Great, what else are you gonna do? Great, do some film and TV. When film and TV's not happening, great, do some voiceover. When that's model or whatever the case may be, or as you've just said, great, and I wanna check out these other avenues of being a producer and a writer and a director. <sighs> Stressful. It, it can be, it can be, but um, I say start developing uh, other skills now. This is the perfect time to develop other skills. Again, you don't have to be a master at them, mm -hmm. but you know, get, get just, just at a, at a very uh, preliminary foundational level, mm -hmm. start exploring other avenues of this vast industry that we're in. Because you never know when you're gonna come, gonna want to or need to come back to it. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast, and be sure to share with your friends. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on next week's episode of How to Business in Show Business.